hi to everybody and their neighbor. It's time for another episode of Gear and Gigs. I'm Jet Stone, and I am thrilled to be here with you guys as we have Trey Hawkins visit with us for the fourth and final episode of our NAM 2020 debriefing. NAM, of course, National Association of Music Merchants, the big gear show out in California that happens every January. I was lucky enough to go this year, and Trey is helping me unpack all of the information and interviews I brought back with me. We were in the middle of a bit of a shout-out section when last we left off, so let's pick up the action right there. Can I give a shout-out to some of uh, of the amazing players that I saw out at NAM that, that are well worth uh, everybody's time? No. No, that's it. I can't. Okay, I'm <laughs> nope. so sorry, everybody. Can't talk about the gigs if you're wow. going to talk about the gear. <laughs> it's one or the. It's, it's not one gigs or the. Or it's gear. not. Yeah, the N stands for not. No. <laughs> gear, not gigs. Wow, we're going to have some clear disputes after the show today. So that uh, that's uh, that'll come up on our Patreon page someday later. <laughs> but in the meantime, I did want to talk about the. Uh, the uh, the uh, M3 Live X Jam uh, show that was sponsored uh, in part by Guitar Sanctuary as well as a few others. Yeah, uh, Guitar Sanctuary, the best music store on the planet. Andy Timmons was there. Travis Larson band was there. Mm. The Zappa band was there, which was pretty amazing, including uh, our good buddy Mike Keneally. Yeah. So uh, good show all the way around. Uh, some of the other bands that I saw that were uh, astonishing. Uh, Andy Wood and yeah. his band. Oh my gosh! Was that the the same show with Ariel Posen? Yeah, Ariel Posen, uh, Andy Wood with uh, Ben Eller playing bass. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's just crazy to me. That's like Ingvae Malmsteen on keyboards. <laughs> it's just what? okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, who else was there? Uh, 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 was Josh Smith there? Josh Smith, thank yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, man, I'll tell you, it was it was so spectacular. I mean, you know. Every single time somebody stopped playing, you're like, well, it doesn't get any better than that. And then somebody come out and be like, oh, yeah, well, don't forget about this. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the show, I, I did feel like selling all of my guitars and switching to, to flugelhorn <laughs> because uh, there was no hope for me. But uh, really appreciate those guys making the trip out to California and amazing us with their ability. So thanks, guys. Yeah, man, it sure would have been great if I had been there. It would have been great. It would have been amazing. It would have been, would have been great. Yeah. But somebody needed to hold down the fort here. Yeah, well. And that was you. And in Texas, forts are very important. They are important. Yes. Never forget the fort. That's, that's right. The, Never forget the that's fort. That's the saying, right? Never forget the fort. I forget. Never I, forget s- the fort. So, <laughs> Don't forget the Alamo. Never forget the fort. That's the Walmart version. Nobody's making a T-shirt that says that, man. Don't forget the fort. Don't forget the. No, that's one letter away. <laughs> Remember from being really... the Alamo. Yes. Don't we... forget the fort. Wow. Hey, you told me to be the funny one today. Sorry. You're right. I did. If you don't like my brand of comedy, then you're not alone. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't forget the fort. <laughs> Such, that's your new catchphrase, isn't yeah. it? That's your new thing. He's trying to get it to catch on, everybody. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't care if it catches on. I'm having fun. I, with see. It. I see. You pre-camped again, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, you know what it's time for when you get this wacky? It's time for another interview. All right. Right? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to say that it is time for one of the, uh, for me, one of the more exciting interviews. 
I was so jazzed to talk to this guy. And the fact that he was willing to take the time, so much time to talk to us, um, was astonishing. I mean, the guy was busy. He was in demand. And uh, and uh, nicely, compared to the rest of the interviews from Nam, he suggested we go outside into all the hot smoke <laughs> and do the interview. But it's California, you know, that's legal there. Yeah. But uh, still hard to get used to when you step outside. But uh, we sat outside in, a, in the beautiful California sunshine by the palm trees, and I got a nice long talk with one of the people I know you would want to talk to, Nick Huber. Let's find out what Nick had to say. All right, this is Jet from Gear and Gigs at NAM 2020. We have Nick Huber here. We're outside, actually, so we can actually hear the, the man talk for a change. That'll be great. And uh, we want to find out what you're excited about this year coming out from, from Huber. Two. First of all, having me here, um, what I'm excited about coming, I'm always excited coming here. It's my 18th Holy NAM show. Cow. Yeah, 18th NAM show in a row. After, I don't know, tons of music messes and a couple of summer NAM shows. And uh, I've been to Shanghai last year on the Music Shiner. Wow, first time. Brave man. So uh, try to get out as much as I can to spread the product as much right. as I can all over the place. But um, I love California. I love, I mean, I'm not going to the beach this year because I flew in Monday, flying out Monday again. But, you know, that this show keeps me alive. I have dealers coming, ordering. I sold our guitars at the booth. I have a proper amount of orders, so that's what really excites me. And, of course, seeing friends, seeing, I mean, seeing my friend Paul Reed Smith. You know, he was my uh, teacher and mentor. Yeah, I, love I just ran into Brian from Fender Guitars Custom Shop, R&D, so I see him. All the good, We have many friends in the Boutique Guitar Showcase, and Within the last 20 years of being on trade shows, we, so many people I like, amp builders, guitar makers, Richard Hoover from Santa Cruz Guitars is a girl's friend, and Martin, uh, you know, lots of people. Yeah, so. it's old home week. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really fun, always yeah. a fun trip. Yeah. 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 So, so tell me about, I, I've noticed a couple of pretty amazing finishes in your booth, that, uh, that blue with the... I don't know yeah. what kind of wood that is. Yeah, that yeah, was amazing. Yeah. Oh, are these new colors for this year? Or? You know, we're. I mean, the, the the company became bigger than I ever thought. We have eight employees, full time and uh, two part time, but we're still a small, comp a small and flexible company. The blue, especially the blue one, was um, I made the fretboard with the turquoise inlays surrounded by silver. Right, beautiful. And then I said. I had the fretboard first, and so okay, let's build a guitar oh, around it. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. And um, my uh, employee Marcus, I told him, well, I had this top since the 90s. I bought it from a UK wood dealer in the 90s, and it was sitting there all the time. And it was kind of tricky to get around all the nuts and. Um, so I, that's why I didn't touch it for so long. I said, ah, should I? So I, at one point I said, damn it, now let's try it. Right, so it yeah. was not an ordered guitar, and. Um, I um, do like a, at least one guitar a month. I just spec out myself things. We call it mix, pick, and do nice. us. And we have dealers just ordering, like, let's let Nick do whatever he wants. So right. uh, that's great. Uh, a lot of fun with that. So anyway. It's a striking instrument. The wood, it, I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but it, it looks almost like an ocean swirling yeah, or yeah, waves. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a crazy, unique, quilted, crazy top. And uh, so I said, okay, now it's the time that I touch this piece of wood. We made the binding for the fretboard of the, out of the same top and matching headstock and... Um, 
I had this slightly flame South American mahogany neck sitting there. So yeah, just pulled stuff together which I just wanted to combine. It's and beautiful. It just, that's how it turned out. Yeah, it just grabs your eye as soon as you walk to the booth. It's amazing. Yeah. But and, you know what? We had also comments from people that that is not my color. <laughs> well, <laughs> which again, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. understand I like wild colors, mm. but I, you've, you've been known for doing some amazing earth tone colors. Yeah, today. yeah. And I think one of the things that that uh, attracts me to your guitars is your use of different pickups and combinations of pickups. You know, you don't see a lot of guys that are putting a P90 and a humbucker together. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a regular thing, and I like that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I think your, your design sensibility seems to be going for usable musical solutions. Yeah, I mean, well, about for the, like in the first probably 10 years, we've been more known for very fancy, high gloss, shiny guitars. And and um, I think in 2010 or nine, nine, I came up with the Crowdster, which is a very stripped down, right? Les Paul kind of junior kind of thing. Just because I love juniors. It's one of my favorite guitars. I love those simple guitars, and uh, I had this rock band going, and I just wanted to, I wanted a matching guitar, and uh, I never, ever thought that this guitar would be the most ordered guitar at some point. I just thought, well, let's make a black and a, and a gold top, and I always have two of them in the shelf to be more... I, back, back then I had, I don't know, a year, 12 months, 16 months delivery time and said, nobody wants this from me, but I want that because I want to have a cool guitar. So Krauser came out and since then we, we, we also attracted pure musicians. Not the, the, I don't want that bling bling, nice fancy top, which don't get me, I love it. I love this beautiful pieces of wood and finishes, but we got a second, the parallel path, like the high end stuff and then all of a sudden the rock and roll path. And that gained seriously famous rock bands and musicians, and uh, that helped the, the brand a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're real legit. You know, that's what they 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 give the the impression that this was made to make music, not to hang on the wall, not yeah. to look pretty. Yeah. It was made yeah. to put in your hands and create music. The more the, the more you scratch, the nicer it gets. I think. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I, uh, I'm thrilled with, with everything I've ever played from you guys, and the Crowdstory is definitely one of my favorites. My gosh, I uh, talk about the P90 and, yeah, and yeah. combo. So, yeah, and, oh, sorry, if, sometimes I just lose the question. And it's, yeah, the, it's three days in the NAM. It's the, okay. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting fuzzy. Um, but, um, and I started, first of all, the Crowdstory had only one hamburger, bridge hamburger. And then, uh, okay, let's add another pickup. And I'm a big, since I'm a big fan of juniors, I just added the P90 in the neck. So, um, yeah, that was the crux of two then. And um, I think I'm not the first one who combined a Humbucker with no, a P90, first, but, but, um, but it just it fits nice, my taste. It's a, it's a sincere way, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word. It Tra works. Trey, is, Trey is constantly uh, telling me, I need to get a Crowdster. <laughs> I need to get... and, and uh, Ready when he is. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I'm going to have to get one. He's got one at the, at the shop that, that he keeps telling me I have to yeah. buy, so yeah. I think I might have to pull the trigger on that one now for the studio. But, yeah. But uh, what about the new products this year? What do you got? Well, um, we, we had some really cool custom things. Um, some of the guitars were just pre-ordered, which we brought, like a purple one for a good friend of mine. And uh, Oh, that's beautiful. And um, But I like the wild colors. What's that? I said I like the wild colors, so I think yeah, that was yeah. particularly and, good. Yeah, uh, and there was this, and uh, our my right-hand guy in the shop, Clemens, um, has a really good taste for colors and metallics and good combinations, so he always comes up with things. I said, really? 
that you want to do this color and all of a sudden that's freaking cool man so we get more and more metallics on the crosses on the surfmasters and even on the on the orcas all the high more high-end guitars but new for this year is in the dolphin shape a, a guitar which has a bolt on neck i mean we are not known for innovative things right so it's it's our dolphin shape which is more on the all the body maple neck kind of side and um, I developed a very cool looking P90 with Harry Häusler who is our um, pickup maker which looks a little bit gold foilish okay so that's the new one and first time I used for us I mean mastery bridges are all over the place but for us that was new to use a mastery bridge so is this your first pickup or have you done pickups in the past uh, your own no, it's it's. Um, I haven't done the pickup. It's just developed together with our pickup maker, okay. Harry Häusel. He's a German pickup maker. Sure, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. do our own pickups, but he does it. And if we have ideas or wooden bobbins or wooden P90 covers out of snake which things like that, we wow. do it together. So we did a lot of crazy yeah. shit. I wanted to say. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's a podcast. You can yeah. say whatever you like. Yeah, so crazy shit with Harry, um, and that's kind of a for us a new guitar which is but basically a very conservative design you know mm -hmm. dolphin shape is yeah everything meets telly right that's my own body shape but it's more telly orientated than the crosser which is more or less ball orientated and um, it's our bolt on guitar next to the twain master so um, usually we do set necks right. so that is definitely you we have another bass um, which we do since two years but the, that's the first one uh, with a redwood top and uh, the bass, yeah. What's, yeah the, what, what's the tonal uh, it, characteristics of redwood? It's a softwood which goes in the direction of red cedar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind it's like a pine, maybe. Yeah, cedar, spruce, pine. Okay. It's a softwood, and um, so and and it can be ridiculously flamed. Really. So and we did. We had since we do this since two thousand and three, I think. We have the redwood model, which is just called after the wood. And we use always flame redwood stained it in a tiger eye, and it's just eye popping. Oh. So that now a base with redwood, and the base was something I just wanted to see without any business ideas behind it. I, since I have this Riedberg model, which our, is our 335 kind of thing, I just wanted to make a semi-hollow base, very niche, you know. Um, it's not a P base, not a jazz base. But we were lucky enough to get the bass. We got orders from some very famous people, and uh, like Dave Grohl played it in his play video, so that helped. And it wasn't. It was Nate Mandel's bass from bass player Foo Fighters got one from us, and Tenacious D has one. So that the bass is a lot of fun I for bet me. And Adam Clayton would like it too. Well, um, do you have his phone number? <laughs> oh, I, I left it back at the hotel. I'll, I'll get that yeah, to you. Yeah. Hey, but, I'll, here, I'll just do it. Hey, Adam, would you yeah, go ahead and call yeah, Nick yeah, for me? Yeah, Pat. sure. We have a base for you. Expect a call. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Man. But uh, th that's like a, a fun project. But we make, meanwhile, we do like six to eight a year. Yeah. What, uh, what do you see yourself in five years from now? What do you think, what do you think the big changes are going to be between now and then? Um... Well, big changes. I mean, I definitely wanna wanna expand in terms of getting better. Um, making... Yeah, because you suck now, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, expansion or growth can does not have to be make more guitars or a certain number. It can be we make a better guitar. We have cooler finish. We have new colors. We have a better environment for our employees. We we can we are more able to put maybe a little bit backup money on the side to make the company more stable. Do trade 
chose to make the brand stronger. Wait a minute, it sounds like you're doing all kinds of smart stuff. That, what? That's... You, you must not be a real musician. <laughs> well, I'm a guitar maker more than a musician. There we go, okay, that explains it, because all that sounded like exactly the right stuff to do. Yeah, I mean, I... You're investing in your company, you're delving deeper into yourself, I mean, that's spectacular. Yeah, I really trained myself in really reading a lot of business-orientated books, like, I... Sounds maybe a little bit crazy, but I have like on the list to have a book every three, two to three weeks, one book in this direction. Running a company, being a better employer, you know, um, organizing, management, you name it, health, sports, right. you know, so that's, everything. That's to be you know. admired. That's spectacular. Um, it's not that I don't like to go out and party here, right. <laughs> which I, this year I actually skipped. I have not been out well, for parties. Just take a deep breath right now. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so yes, so that's um, for. I just want to make it all better. Yeah. Well, uh, you're starting from a heck of a, a spot to try to make it better because <laughs> you're you already so better much. than so many. But thanks so much. We uh, we have complete faith that you'll be able to do that. Yeah, and uh, I want to. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 50 now, so of course you think. So what's I'm getting older, and what's in 15 to 20 years, you know? And I want to definitely prepare the company that when if I'm the old the old guy. I want to work as much, as long as I can, as long as I can be an addition, you know, to right. the company. But um, you, you have those thoughts when you get 50 and your kids are grown up. So what's coming next? And um, I definitely want to spend a lot of time with my wife traveling. That's a given thing. But, you know, I, the good thing is I can combine so many things. I'm going to China, I'm going to Japan, I'm going to Summernam. And if we add a day here and there, we're going to UK, London. We, have do, we might do dealer tours. And you can combine so many good things with your favorite hobby, band making guitar. So I think it's all good, which is coming. And you get to hang out with the musicians wherever yeah, you go, yeah, which is always exactly, nice, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, I really appreciate you spending the time with us to tell us Thanks about so your, your plans and, and, and your philosophies. Yeah. And, uh, and for Gear and Gigs, I'm Jed Stone, and we'll talk to you later. All right, so what'd you think? Man, he just seems like such a nice guy. He really is. He really is the sweetest, most genuine guy ever. Uh, I mean, everybody that I talked to in the end, to be honest, was yeah. really pretty cool. But uh, Fred Gretsch and and Nick Huber yeah. <laughs> were the gentleman's gentlemen. Uh, they were just the sweetest guys. And uh, Nick, man, he's just... God. It's it's weird because his guitars... They reflect that. They reflect that, yeah. They do. I, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. That's how much they reflect that. Especially like what he was saying about the Crowdster and how that's one that he built for himself and that ended up being his most profitable model. And it's one of the, I mean, you know, Nick, pardon me if you don't agree, but it's one of the most sincere models he had. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's... The Blue Whale is a masterpiece. Yeah. The Orca is a, one of the better versions of a Les Paul I've played. You know, the, the Dolphin is its own Les Pauly kind of thing that's different but, sim but feels similar. And then you play a Surfmeister and you go, man, this is like... One of the coolest, like thin line Fender slash Gretsch kind of things, and then the Crowdster is just ignorantly good. <laughs> it, it it defies all logic as you look at it, and you're like, I can't use that for everything, but you can. Well, I tell you, you know, you made me play that one mm -hmm. uh, that I actually talked to him about there, and uh, I was reticent because it's just not my kind of guitar. Typically, I'm not a junior kind of guy. Right. But I'll tell you, within six seconds of playing the first note yeah i was a devotee mm -hmm. you know and you know it's kind of funny because nick comes from uh studying with paul uh, yeah obviously paul reed smith and for those of you who don't know the history it's worth looking up it's kind of fascinating 
Um, one of Nick's biggest moments was when Paulie Smith actually like conferred upon him the the title of Luthier. Right, yeah. like he was actually good enough. Yeah, you know, it's uh, similar to when Bill Bruford finally got the approval from King Crimson's guitarist Robert Fripp mm-hmm. that he was finally good enough to be in the band. Wow, because he he went for years not being good enough. And, you know, he was good enough for Yes and, yeah. other, you know, lots of other people. But, nah, not quite good enough for a Fripp. So when he got that conferred upon him, the, oh, hey, the word of the day is conferred. Yeah. Uh, you don't often get to use that word. It's kind mm-hmm. of, a, it's, it's one of, like, belayed. It doesn't get used very often. It's my, it's my theory, by the way, that belay is only used for that order. Belay, belay that order. What else would you belay? Belay something else. I dare you. Oh, man. I know, right? You can, but you feel like belay that belay that departure. It, really? I mean, it doesn't roll off doesn't, quite as well, but it's like technically thing. correct. Well, you could belay that hamburger, but would you? <laughs> you know, but you'd belay that order. It's yeah. just it's one of those words that mean it could mean a lot of things. It doesn't get used a lot. It's right. interesting. So I just find that funny. So conferred another one. Mm-hmm. So there's the word of the day. In case you were wondering what it was going to be, there it is. I think it was in some ways like that for Nick when when. When Paul Reed Smith did that, and you know, at this point, I, I'm not going to say which one I like better because I ha- I have several Paul Reed Smiths and currently no Hubers. I like him for different things, but I'll tell you, but, man, that Krauster haunts my dreams. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's it's raw and it's unassuming. Do not assume. Do not assume. It's unassuming and it's it gets under your skin like a Porsche. Yeah. Ironically, also German. Coincidentally, perhaps more than ironic, but they do. Don't drive a Porsche unless you want them to get under your skin. They really do. Huh. And the same thing with a Huber. Don't drive a Huber. Yeah. And don't talk to Nick Huber unless you desperately want to be his friend. Because as soon as you get done talking to him, you're like, oh my God, I want to be friends with this guy. It's so like, so can we go ahead and confirm the uh, dinner party we're having uh, three weekends <laughs> from January next year? Right. Uh, I'm going to bring my wife. I want you to meet her. Wouldn't you love to work for that guy? Yeah. That, he just seems like he just takes care of his employees mm-hmm. and cares, and he's already worried about what's going to happen in 20 years, you know? Yeah. Jeez. By that point, I would have only worked for him for 19 years, so that works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nick, I tell you, uh, I hope you're listening, and uh, really, you've got uh, all of our love and respect, not only for what you do, but how you do it. And, shameless plug, if you... Oh, wait, we need a shameless plug alert. Shameless plug Okay, there you go. If you want to come play one, come oh, to uh, guitar the Guitar Sanctuary in yeah. McKinney. Absolutely. If you're in McKinney, Texas, let's face it, if you're in the northern half of Texas, right. you owe it to yourself to come to the Guitar Sanctuary unless you play keyboards or drums, in which case don't do not Yeah, don't it's do not it. worth a trip. And, not, and don't just come for me. I know that's what you're going to be... <laughs> You know, a That's little uh, a little tempted to he do. He will autograph shirts, but uh, but come hang out, check out the guitars we have. It especially the Hubers. I mean, we always have at least one Crowdster in stock. Well, let's go over a couple of the brands you guys got because you have everything. You have Paul Reed Smith, you, you got the Hubers. Yeah. You, what else you got? You got uh, the high end Fender stuff, the custom shop. Fender stuff. custom shop. So uh, you got uh, high end Ibanez stuff. Yep, prestige level Ibanez. Right. You got uh, the Gretsch stuff. Uh, yep. You got Gretsch. You got some Music Man. Um, what else you got? You got uh, Sully. Sully, uh, Loudon guitars, Loudon, electric and acoustic. Uh, uh, Maton or Maton or whatever that Maton. is. Maton. Yeah, those. Uh, yeah. Acoustics uh, and electrics. Uh, 
What's that $50,000 acoustic you got in there? Uh, McPherson. McPherson. There you go. And Rain Song. You do Rain Song, right? Yep. Taylor Custom Shop, Martin Custom Shop, Collings. Collings. Big oh, Collings I love dealer. The Collings. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're the world's largest Tom Anderson dealer. Really? Yeah. Well, I, that's where I got my Tom Anderson. Yeah. You guys there. Uh, and then Amps, of course, you got... Uh, Mace Boogie. Boogies. Paul Reed Smith. Uh, got a few victories right now. Car, amplifiers, Two Rock. Two Rock's a big one. We'll probably talk about them on a podcast. Okay. I love Two Rock. They're uh, magical. Yeah. Um, can't we carry the Kemper? Right, right, right. One of the only places in, in uh, Dallas that, that actually has them in stores. Yeah. Uh, which I get, man. It's And you do the headrush stuff too, right? Yeah, we do the headrush. Yeah. And effects, we won't even bother because there's yeah, so many effects, too, it's ridiculous. Chase Bliss, Strymon, Free the Tone, man. If you want it, if, if you've read about it, yeah, they, they If have Guitar it. Center doesn't have it, we try right, it. Right, basically they, they have anything that's not generic, they've got. So right. if, if, if it's high-end, if it's boutique, if it's interesting, if it's if it's something you've heard of a couple of times, they, they've got it. Go see the Guitar Sanctuary. Talk to Trey yep. uh, or Brian. Brian yeah. is also a world of knowledge. And they also have one of the great uh, pedal board gurus there. Yes. Brian O'Million. Yes, with he, uh, yeah. O'Million Audio. And that, that dude knows his stuff when it comes to pedal boards. One of my best friends definitely my best work friend oh, good uh, to know. probably have him on the show at some point well we should that would be great i think there'd be a lot of people who'd like to hear that and uh, also a uh, a great uh, luthier slash uh, guitar repairman there yes daniel kirkland he's amazing player as well and uh, all of these guys are super super knowledgeable super nice guys and uh, for sure they know something you don't so go yeah. check out guitar sanctuary have no idea where they heard me I've, I'm a little concerned about that, but I'm, I thought it was like a work release thing. I thought it was like a program. I mean, yeah, they technically had to. Right, like an internship. Yeah, right. You're not paid. I mean, you <laughs> no, know. no, okay. no. Nobody pays me. Right, okay. Well, that's okay. I get paid in exposure. This is your payment. Yeah. Podcast. This is my payment. Yeah. You get to hang out with all our fine listeners. Which has grown exponentially. We're so glad you guys are listening. And, uh, you know, please, you know, subscribe to the channel. Yep. Please pass it along to other folks you think might be interested because we need to get the word around. And, uh, you know, we're going to get crazier and wilder as the show goes on with much more information and uh, interviews. Yep. And we're on uh, Spotify and uh, soon we'll be on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's true. And uh, Google Play and yeah. YouTube, I believe, as well. And Podbean, of course. So Podbean, Podbean our host. And Spotify. So, yeah, check all of those out. Pass along the links if you could. Send us a message. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you'd like us to cover. Um, let's get to another one of those uh, wonderful interviews yes. from the show. Uh, this one's an interesting one. It's just a kind of a short interview with a company called Jowoom, J-O-W-O-O-M. And I'm going to let you uh, listen to them because I, I think you'll be fascinated with this short but interesting interview. All right, welcome back to Gear and Gigs, NAM 2020. I am here at the Jowoom booth, which, by the way, in Korean means good. And I am seeing some of the coolest new, well, I want to call them capo tuners. What do you guys call them? Grab tuners. Oh, grab tuners. That's a great name. They're essentially a capo with a tuner built in. It's it's pretty incredible. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Minhong? Yeah, we just eliminate the LCD part with the, you know, some ugly ass, uh, the cap. LCD part in the front, so we just get rid of uh, those parts in the back. So the old uh, things comes with uh, the different color of the LED lights. So and it works in either the capo 
position or the headstock position, yes. and on the capo position, it would read the the new tuning of the strings, essentially. Right, right. Right, and otherwise, you just clip it to the headstock like a regular clip-on tuner, and when you want a capo, it's right there to grab. And right. and these are going to be selling in the U.S. for how much? Eighteen, less than twenty. Less than, sure. less than $20 for this. Pretty incredible price, and the quality looks spectacular. What are these made out of, by the way? Uh, it's a metal. They, so they're all metal cables with a nice heavy-duty spring and a, and a nice bright readout on the LEDs. So to make sure you check out Joe Woom, the Grab Tune, world's best capo tuning system. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. So just a brief interview, but yeah. the... the you see all the clip-on tuners in the world. Everybody's got a clip-on tuner. You know, you use them all the time. And everybody's got a capo. Right. Well, it's just so nice to have the capo be the tuner. Right. It's, it just made so much sense. And when you capo, sometimes it does capo you slightly out of tune. Right. And this would actually allow you to fine-tune it once you've capoed it. So it's actually kind of cool for 20 bucks. You Plus, know. I, I like the, it'll tell you what your new tuning is. Right. That. The rest of it, I could take or leave. Honestly, I don't use a capo enough for that to impact me super well. But with something like that, I'd be more inclined to. Yeah. Knowing, yeah. not having to guesswork of like, oh, yeah, I don't ever use a capo. So I don't know what key I'm in on the fourth fret. If it's if it's clipped onto the end of your headstock because it's your tuner and then you can just, oh, I just grab it real quick. I don't, I don't use a capo very often either. But everybody learns first position open position chords first you know mm -hmm. that's the first thing you know that's why it's first position right. right so it's one of the very first things we learn and we're very comfortable with those you don't have to think about d c g i mean if you played for any length of time at all meaning you know even months you don't have to think about some basic chords right bar chords are a different story and obviously movable chords get into a different story but but that kind of stuff it's it's easier to think about the relationships of them dc and g we all know the relationships of how those work and how you can instantly create some sort of a singable song or something with that but we've all also heard 10,000 songs based around right. dc and g but you know what if you capo it at the first fret, now you're in D sharp and C sharp and G sharp. It's a whole different ballgame, you know? And it's amazing how that kind of thing can change the feel of something and change your inspiration to write with and that kind of stuff. And so I find it useful sometimes in just a songwriting position. And to have a tuner built in just makes it, you know, that much cooler. And to make it under 20 bucks, geez, it's hard to find a tuner or a capo under 20 bucks. So, mm -hmm. you know. What the heck? And it's yeah. metal, not plastic. Right. So, Jowoom, J-O-W-O-O-M, check them out. I want to talk about visionary instruments. And I don't mean that in a generic term. I mean that in, uh, that's the name of a company that I saw there at the show. And of all the things that I saw at the show, including some of the wildest outfits and hair and jewelry and piercings and tattoos that I have ever had the honor to see. This stood out. Yeah. This booth. And I can't just say one thing they had because literally every single instrument they had in there was some eye-popping, what the hell is that moment? Right. And you just kept going, well, what the hell is that? Well, what the hell is... But wait, what's this over here? Well, and just as you came to grips with one thing, you'd see some other thing. Mm -hmm. The first thing that attracted me to the booth was a... It looks... I'm going to try to describe this as what it looks like. It looks like a steel Telecaster that's got a somewhat oval or egg-shaped, really, really big video screen on the front of it. Mm -hmm. And the pickups are attached basically to the end of the neck because you can't put them on top of the screen, mm -hmm. although the bridge is on the screen. 
and the pickups have electronics inside to still give you five different sounds. Hmm. And that was the least interesting instrument they had in the place. It's weird. Let me show you a picture of it. I'm going to flip this over to him here. It's coming your way. I have video of this. I don't know if I can post it on the site, uh, but uh, I will at least show Trey at some point so he can comment at a later date. But this thing will basically play video on the guitar of whatever you like, you know, or a repeating loop, a new input. You can put a camera on it, like on the headstock, and it will actually, like, you know, put your audience on your guitar. It's an amazingly interactive stage, you know, device that's from a visual impact standpoint, it's hard to beat. It's yeah. really, you know, you're not going to, even a mirrored guitar is not going to beat this thing for impact because you could do anything with it. You know, you could program it to show fireworks. You could program it to show, you know, anything you wanted on your guitar. I mean, it was just amazing. So, but he had a lot of, he being the guy I talked to there, he had a lot of stuff there that was also worth mentioning. So let me play this interview with Visionary Instruments. Hey, it's Jeff Stone here for Gear and Gigs at NAMM 2020, and I am at one of the most impressive booths I've seen. This is the Visionary Instruments booth, and they've got some guitars and other instruments that are wild and beyond anything I've seen, both in electronics and aesthetically. I'm talking to Rorschach here. He's one of the designers and players, and he's holding, I don't know, a bionic mandolin? You'll have to tell me what this thing is. Well, pretty much it's a, it's a hybrid of an electric guitar and a mandolin. Basically, it's a little bit bigger than a regular mandolin size in solid body. Um, yeah, it's basically a solid body electric mandolin that has a bunch of MIDI controllers on board, like uh, from sliders, tappers, knobs, and motion sensors in the headstock that has three-way axes, and all of those buttons can be assigned to um, to Ableton or to XFX, and basically you can arm your guitar with all your presets and all your uh, whatever effects you decide, and you can control the on and offs or the tweaking abilities of those effects from on board the guitar. Now tell me more about the, the motion sensor, because we didn't talk about that before. What's, what's yeah. that all about, the, the motion sensor? Well, the motion sensor is called an accelerometer. And uh, basically, it's kind of like when you play uh, tennis in front of the TV, like Wii, it's pretty much the same controller. And it has... So you can use this, this mandolin to play tennis? <laughs> Actually, yes. Oh, my you gosh, wow. I was kidding. You could play Wii with it. It's true. Wow. Yeah. But basically, what you do, you have three axes, upright, left down, and stab motion. And uh, each axis can be assigned to do a completely different thing. For example, the most obvious would be a wah-wah. You just move the guitar around, you get a wah-wah sound. Uh, another example is a sweep filter. You create a really massive sound, and then you put the guitar horizontally, and it sweeps it back. And then it reveals it as you pull the guitar vertically again. And you can also program the range of the the accelerometer because it has say from 0 to 100 you can tell it from 0 to 80 don't do nothing also you can just activate it when you want to by heavy movement. exactly I see. so for example you play and you play some phrase and then you want to delay your last note you just shake your guitar to a certain length that will activate your delay okay so let me ask you this 
You seem very enthusiastic about it, and obviously any way that we put this much work into yeah. something so beautiful Thank and you. so involved, yes. you must use it somehow. Do you record with it? Do you play live with it? What do you do? Yes, that's that's my main axe, my main work tool. I, I produce as Rorschach, and I play my music around, and when I play it, I play this guitar, this mandolin, on top, and it's incorporated within my set. Wow. Well, that's... It's, it's a beautiful instrument, even if it had no electronics at all, it's gorgeous. But there are some, I saw him playing drums from it the other day while he was hitting a couple buttons, and that's how I knew we had something a little unique. So we've, we've got Tom over here, can he tell yeah. us a little bit more? Hi Tom, I'm Jed from Gear and Gigs, we're a podcast out of Dallas. This is Ben, right. this is the maker's dad, he's here to oh, support yeah. us. Well, that's nice of you to come on I can tell you a little bit you about the You the brains of the operation though, right? <laughs> Uh, that's even better. A long time that's ago. Right? right? I can give you a little tour if you want. Yeah, can you please? Let's, yeah, let's talk about some of these other things we got going over here. Now, first, I'm looking at a guitar that's got what looks to be a TV screen taking up 80% of its front. What's going on here? This guitar is one out of five or six. It's actually my personal piece, and it's called a video guitar. It's a telly body with a Gibson head, Gibson neck, and... Uh, basically, it has an LCD screen embedded in it. It has a USB port that you can upload any video of yours. It has over 300 gigs of uh, steals and video right now. It has an uh, outside external controller. And you can also connect a webcam to the guitar itself and shoot live as you play. And it will show up on the guitar. So your audience would show up on your guitar yes. if you want it. Wow, your face, your fingers, whatever. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, that's impressive. How big a screen is that? Uh, I'm not sure actually exactly about this. It looks big. It looks like a 17. I mean, it looks really yeah. big. It takes like around, I would say, 60, 65 percent of the surface. Yeah. It's well, striking isn't a big enough word. It's amazing. Is what. Another big important thing to mention is that it has only one pickup. Right at the base of the neck, I noticed because you cannot have pickups on top of the screen, correct? So it has a five-way selector through one pickup, and that happens because you have three preamps embedded into the guitar, and each one is EQ'd to emulate a different pickup position. Ah, okay, so that's the three, three enables I can see coming off here, okay. Yes, one pickup through the three preamps, you get the illusion of three pickups. Nice. And five-way switch or three-way? Five-way switch. Five-way switch. And you even have LED up on the headstock, too. Yes. Very nice. Very sweet headstock. The whole guitar is very playable. There's uh, five of those made. Aerosmith owns one. Lady Gaga owns one. There's a Steve simple Smith. elegance about it. It's very nice. Yes, very It's a nice. T-style, by the way. It's a T-style body that looks like it's covered in a brushed aluminum or something. Yes. And then the center is cut out as a gigantic screen. So next to it is about the only guitar I can think of that might outdo the video guitar for crazy. What is going on here? Now, just to let my listeners know, I'm looking at a guitar, once again, sort of a T-style, but I see three sliders, whoops, three sliders, two buttons on the left, then one, two, three, four banks of three over here of buttons. That's 12 plus another button over here. Four more knobs, two more switches, and a five-way switch. Oh, and touch strips, oh my gosh. Okay, plus the, all of the markers, all the inlays in the neck are LED. So yes. what the heck is going on here, color. dude? Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's changed the colors in the neck now to every color of the rainbow with the five-way switch. Yes. So what, what do we got going on? Is this all MIDI control? 
Basically, this is the same idea like the mandolin that I just showed you, only on a guitar. And here you have way more like outlay of buttonry, let's call it. Sliders, tappers, strip. So these could be, buttons could be used as triggers or as control devices? Yes, those buttons are empty. They're neutral MIDI buttons. That means that you can assign them to be anything off of your Ableton or your XFX or any digital platform. And you got the lace Lumitones in here, I see. Exactly. What is this, volume tone, volume tone, or yes. what do we got? Volume tone, volume tone. And then the splits. And what are these? These are also mix of the different mixes, different crisscrosses of the pickups. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's not just a crazy MIDI guitar. It also has tons of flexibility within the regular guitar structure. Yeah. First wow. of all, it's a guitar, I would say. You know? Right. Only then, it has a very high playability. Very comfortable neck, yeah. Very comfortable. Flat back neck. How much does it weigh? Let's see. Oh, it's light. light. I thought it was going to be really heavy. Super light, yes. What's it made from? Um, I believe it's a body of mahogany and uh, ebony. But it is wood. Yeah, it's wood. Wow, it's, it's so light with all those controls on it. I thought for sure yes. it had to be a composite. It's fairly thin. It has a lot of circuitry in it. Right, which That's, takes up room, right? Yes. So it's hollower. I think Ben is back here. Maybe you would oh, like to tell you something. Hi, Ben. I'm Chet from Gear and Gigs, podcast oh, in Dallas. Nice yeah, to meet you. Thanks. We've, he's been kind enough to show me some of this crazy, crazy stuff you guys have got going on. Yep. And uh, we've talked about this. We were just getting into this one. What can you tell us about this crazy thing? Okay, so this guitar is uh, it's, it's my version of a Telecaster. It's all carved up and it's got a bunch of extra stuff on it. Um, one fun thing is the pickup selector will wow. change, change the color of the lights which looks cool, but every guitar should have that. It's also really great when you're on stage because you just know like what your guitar's gonna sound like. Oh, I'm in blue mode, that's neck pickup. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, look down. You know, you don't have to like look at your switch. And so does, does this actually change the pickups yep. too? Yep. Oh, interesting. So it's not just for the lights, it actually changes the pickups. Yep, that'll do that. And then on the side here is a MIDI controller that we use to like plug into um, any sort of digital effects. So if you've got a modeling thing like a Kemper or an Axe FX. So you could use it to control your effects, or if you run it into a synth, you could use it to control actual notes? Yep, and it, well, it'll do a MIDI pickup if you have the MIDI pickup to do the synth and notes and stuff. But I, I found what's actually, what I like to play with it is to use an analog guitar signal and use the MIDI to change the parameters of your effects. Okay. So to turn on and off a delay, change the time, sweep a filter, all that kind of stuff you can do. Um, you can map it however you like. It'll plug into your computer. Or Same thing with these sliders and knobs yep, over here. Exactly. I don't have this one hooked up, but this one's running right over here. So oh, okay. I can give you a better demo. We're getting the guitar out now. Ben's got grabbing a black and white model here that's got uh, slanted pickups, and it's a seven string. So this is the MIDI, same MIDI controller. Um, but we've got it routed to the Fractal Audio Axifex. So I've got a, um, an arcade button that is hooked to a volume, like a kill switch. The next one down is a pressure sensitive wah, so as you push it. Do you have different levels that you can push it, or is it on off only? Uh, it turns off when you let go of it. No, so no I guess I mean, it, are there different levels within that? Are you sending a control 0 to 128? Yes, that's what oh, I'm doing. Okay. Really? Oh, nice, it's nice. It's got a good feel to yeah, it, right? It Try out the next button. And 
That one will go slow if you push it. Oh! Oh, that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. There's a touch strip running a filter. That's very cool. And then my latest thing is, this is new for NAMM this year. It's a digital whammy bar. It mounts inside the guitar, and it's also sending out MIDI data. So you can hook it to your pitch shifter. You pop it in. Or you can hook it up to a different controller altogether. If you wanted to have a whammy bar, like doing a filter. Or a wah bar, you could have suddenly have a wah wah bar. But what's really fun is you can set the range of your whammy bar now. First of all, you're still using a hard tail bridge, so there's no maintenance on the whammy bar. You're never going to go out of tune. You're not going to break strings. No springs ringing and that kind of stuff. And it increases sustain to have a hard tail bridge. So you got that nice sustain. But you can set the bar to behave like this is in uh, like Bigsby mode, like a really as like a More springy, gentle, yeah. yeah, gentle feel. If you want it to be a little bit more extreme, that's like a strat. Then I've got um, one octave up. Oh, it's like a whammy pedal. Yep, and then two octaves up. Oh, wow. And down, I assume, too, right? Yep. The Eddie Van Halen. It sounds pretty legit, really. I mean, it doesn't sound digital. It sounds pretty much like you'd expect. Oh, we're still running analog guitar. Yeah, but, but the pitch shifting, I mean, still yeah. sounds pretty I don't hear any zipper effects and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Well, the Axe has a great pitch shifter in it, so it works well, but um, I hear the Kemper is really awesome, too. I haven't gotten to try it out yet. I, it does, actually. But, yeah. So I'm, I'm, like, excited to plug it into other stuff. Uh, we've used it with the Line 6 Helix, and it works great. How so, much does this guitar weigh? So, uh, depending on the features and stuff, my, my guitars run from three grand to five grand. This is on the high side of that. Of course, it's got everything. So. And how much does it weigh, you think? Oh, it's about seven and a half pounds. Okay, so pretty much like a normal guitar then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not bad at all. Not for a seven string, no. So I build very slim design guitars. I, I try to keep everything really thin and ergonomic. You can see here that it's like got a real, when you look at the, Almost an arch top. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you look at the guitar, the controls drop away from your, your picking path. So when you strike the strings, you're not going to hit those buttons. And you're, yeah, you can see that all the low controls are right where you would strum, and all the tall controls go into the back. And that was like many trial and I was going to say, that took a little bit of effort yeah, and time, the first, yeah. The first ones weren't like that, and I was like running into it. But then we've got this drop off here, drop off here. Makes it real comfortable, fun play guitar. It's a nice looking instrument. I mean, it doesn't look wildly unusual other than the controls, but it looks modern and integrated in a really nice way. And I'm looking here at the end, I see USB, quarter inch, and MIDI jacks on the yep, end. Exactly. And I've, uh, I've got a wireless transmitter for the MIDI. Um, they're on order right now, but there's a guy, um, they're called Panda Audio. And they have a wireless chip. We're gonna build those right into the guitar. Nice. Actually, I did. I think, I think they're here. I saw them. In. Yeah, Panda's great. Um, Fascinating stuff. And and what's the website people can go to to get information on this? So my website's a little out of date, but it's visionaryinstruments.com. Okay. Um, I'm having it rebuilt soon, and I'll be posting everything to Instagram in the meantime. Okay. So everybody, please take a look at these instruments because if you are into a modern cutting edge design, or you're interested in integrating any sort of advanced electronics or MIDI into your, your rig,
this has got to be the best way to do it that I've seen yet. Thanks very much for, for taking the time to explain this to us, Ben. Absolutely, best of luck in the show. A lot of fun to Take care. This is Jeff Stone for Gear and Games. So many things to say. So many things. So, so while, while the interview was playing, I, I let Trey look at some video of the, the video guitar. What'd you think? It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they, they look cool. It seems like something Prince would have dug. They're very high quality. They're very nice. Very high quality. It doesn't look cheap in, uh, in real life. It and all great. of the, the switching options and everything. I mean, right? it's a simple idea based on how MIDI works. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not super... It's a controller, a MIDI controller. Yeah, I mean, we've that's, seen that's on a guitar, but, a guitar but doesn't but. seem like it would have been in an 80s band hired to play in the background a Blade Runner or something. <laughs> you know, it, it, it looks like a guitar. It, it's kind of an in thing right now to have a bunch of switches on your guitar. Well, Muse did it, right, with a, yeah. with a K-Oscillator or whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. They've got a certain aesthetic about the way they do things. It all seems high quality. It's attractive. And, you know, when you start to think about of the possibilities, like, you know, having that wah pedal, well, you can't call it a wah pedal, <laughs> and the wah button. It's yeah. a big, it's a big, like, Pac-Man kind of button. They call it an arcade button. You know, one of them big original, yeah. big, big, you know, quarter-sized squishy buttons. And they made it pressure sensitive. And it's it feels good. It was kind of real natural to play like that. And uh, he, he showed me later, he showed me the... Uh, the six axis thing he had in the headstock controlling yeah. filters and stuff. It opens up possibilities. It makes you wonder, you know, what you can do. And there's a lot of people using those. What was it? Lady Gaga and Goo Goo Dolls and uh, Foo Fighters and, and uh, what was Porcupine it? Porcupine Tree was the Porcupine, one. That... Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree. I mean, these are, awesome. you know, major people playing this stuff. So Aerosmith, mm -hmm. fascinating. So take a look at that. Even if you're only interested in it from a, from a just, you know, you want to tell somebody about a standpoint, you won't be disappointed. It's very cool. Their website is kind of out of date, but look at their Instagram page. Very, very hip. I want to get uh, a few more mentions, if I could, before we close out. By the way, it's been a good little Nam trip with you, kind of, you know, going over the things I've seen. I've appreciated your time. Um, real quick, Jam Pedals, want to throw out a shout out to them. I'll tell you, man, th these guys continue to amaze. Uh, everything I've seen from them, it blows me away. You know, I know you guys are at your store evaluating them. I really like them. I just think they're they're kind of an up and coming thing, and I like uh, I like their sensibilities. So jam pedals, check those guys out. Um, also, uh, check out Siger, uh, or I think it's pronounced Siger, S I G E R, Siger Guitars. Uh, www.siger.guitars. I didn't know there was a dot guitars. Didn't either. Interesting. Uh, they do an, uh, carbon fiber guitars. Some really amazing carbon fiber guitars. They're the sweetest people. They took a lot of time with me. Let me play the guitars. Um, they're well balanced. Uh, their finishes are astonishing. Uh, their necks are sweet. And they sound great. So check out Sidra Guitars. Um, also, uh, please check out Tucci. Uh, guitars. That's T-U-C-C-I Tucci Guitars. Uh, TuccianStruments.com. Also doing uh, carbon, handmade carbon fiber guitars from Italy. Man, oh man, the carbon fiber thing is really taking off and uh, those guys are doing some amazing stuff with some really cool carbon fiber weaves that you can see uh, not always hiding it with a finish. Two more and then I know you have one uh, that I want to get through. I want to uh, say a shout out to uh, Martper Guitars. That's M-A-R-T-P-E-R guitars.com. I'll tell you, if you want something uh, that's a conversation piece, if you want something that will blow away your friends, your neighbors, and your bandmates, check out Martper. I'll tell you, uh, retro, super hyper steampunk guitars. Um, they have one guitar that has a severed thumb in the middle of it. 
you need to check them out. There's no way to describe what they do. I've sent you pictures. What do you think about those guys? It's not my cup of tea, but they are absolutely some of the coolest art piece style art guitars, guitars. Right? Yeah, guitar, the, yeah. The, the, that I've that I've seen out and about. It's guitar. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Left a bad taste in my mouth. It was guitar. Wow. <laughs> Just not sweet enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, you got a lot of East Coast going on with you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about. It. Forget about it. Uh, also, you know, we don't talk about keyboards a lot. Uh, you and I don't. I know uh, Reggie and I do. And we've got uh, some nice upcoming uh, episodes about that. If you're a keyboard aficionado, do not lose hope. We have that coming up. But uh, one thing everybody needs to check out is the Viscount International stuff. Um, their Legend 70s uh, piano line. Holy cow. I mean, if you're into vintage uh like electric piano kind of stuff, Wurlitzer, that sort of thing. Oh, man, check those guys out. You won't be disappointed. Korg's got that new uh, SV. Amazing, mm -hmm. amazing piece. Right in that same kind of line, but uh, I think the Viscount's got a little bit more uh, uh, flexibility. Okay. Um, so check those guys out. And I know you wanted to talk about Cower. Yes. So let's wind up with Cower. All right. Well, you tell me first. What, was, what were your impressions uh, of them at, uh, at NAMM? I'll tell you, Cower continues to strike me as um, they feel important. You know, they feel yeah. um, significant. They feel like something that that needs to be paid attention to. And I don't know why exactly. You know, it's not the name. It's not their marketing or anything like that. Although it's, it is. It is a cat holding a guitar. So there's, there's that. But every Cower guitar that I've seen strikes me as like, somebody thought about that for like eight hours before they started working on it. Yeah. You know, they didn't just start with, ah, well, just do this. It's like, no, somebody had a specific concept in mind behind that, mm -hmm. you know? And I really, as a guy who designed motorcycles and hot rods and stuff, I think about that kind of design ethos a lot. And to see that in a guitar, that's not a major gigantic, you know, Gibson that's had a right. hundred years to think about it, you right. know, it's very cool. It's hard not to be derivative. There's hardly any companies out there that aren't derivative. Some of them are, are more um, accepting of that, you know, as we heard Pascal B earlier, you know, and some people are more hiding from it. Some people will do some units that are that are derivative and some that are clearly their own. I, I'm looking at a Duesenberg Paloma right now going, well, that's its own thing, mm -hmm. you know, but Duesenberg also has some things that are very... Um, doing an homage to right. previous models from the 50s, perhaps. So uh, it, Cower tends to, to me, do their own thing with a flavor that says, hey, I remember, but, and that's about it. I remember, but, yeah. you know, dot, dot, dot. Right. They're like the dot, dot, dot of the guitar well, industry. It, it, They're the ellipse of the guitar industry. It's cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm looking at their their flyers. They're the flaming ellipse. Uh no. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. I tried. Well, it, uh, like I'm looking at the the three models that they offer right now, and the the Banshee is their uh, Firebird, and it looks like a Firebird. Right. Well, a pretty Firebird. Does it look exactly like? A, I mean, really? It's pretty darn close. But it's it's okay. No, it's not. I'm just saying the horns are not exactly Firebird shaped. That is not actually a direct descendant. It's a fairly. Uh, 
familiar looking shape. You look at it and if you don't like it's Firebird esque. Yeah, you don't stare too hard. You go, oh, yeah, it's Firebird. Then you start looking at it and there's some there's definitely some detail, some craftsmanship in there that Oh, there's a horn shape difference in the headstock's obviously very different. But reminiscent. Uh the other two, the the solid body and the semi hollow are, for sure. are pretty uh those are original. Pretty original. Uh and really cool. And I, I I've been talking to these guys for a minute, uh, which I love doing. They're personality just talking via uh instagram messages is pretty much the same as what their marketing implies that they're just nice guys that make guitars built by bearded wizards in sacramento california see now i just gotta tell you as i'm looking at this picture of this i'm sorry what'd you call that banshee banshee yeah it's uh it's pointier down here in the bottom corner it's broader up here on the top corner it's definitely different I mean, yes, it's clearly, you know, yeah, from no, a fire. No, I'm not saying but, that but like, it's, 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 it's a direct its, copy. It's, yeah, but, it's got but its, its own thing going. But it's, a, but it's a familiar kind of flavor for a guitar. And, but my whole point was is that it's cool that they can pull off something like that and then also simultaneously pull off two completely unique-looking models. And they don't look dissimilar or that, that one doesn't belong. I'll tell you what they've got going on is a family resemblance. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's kind of nice. It's uh, it's got an element of eccentricity, but I like it. It's a friendly eccentricity, you know. Right. I'll tell you the one thing about these cowers. The uh, the interesting thing I've noticed about the shape of these guys is I'm looking I'm looking at a pamphlet that's got three of them on there, and as I look at them vertically like this, yeah, there's a, there's they're okay. I like them, you yeah. know, but they're okay. When I turn them sideways, I like them a lot yeah. more. There's something about the, when held in the the playing position that those angles fall into place. They look good on you. Yeah. It's amazing. I've never seen a guitar that, that had that effect of turning it sideways changed everything, but it really it's the does kind of, they almost have an offset. It's not super, it is apparent, offset. but it is a little bit. Offset. It is offset. And those actually, ironically, the, sideways. The, 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 the Banshee is the least offset of the three. Yeah. Well, a, a Firebird's not an offset. The waist is an offset and that's what defines it. Well, is it offset or not? It's not. Are they across from each other? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. All right. I know, I know because the internet got mad at me for calling a uh-huh. firebird an well, offset, and I learned my lesson. Oh, well, there you go. Thank you. There you go. I'll tell you, the cower stuff, uh, what was the one that I found online that I that I sent you the picture of? Oh, gosh. Uh, it, it looked like a Gretsch. It was hollow or yeah. semi-hollow or something. So it was an offset semi-hollow that had a carved top. Bigsby or something or, or uh, some kind of whammy? Some kind of, hey, it was a Bigsby. It was it Filtertrons or something? But, but they had Filtertrons and it looked like Bound neck. a Gretsch. Yeah, yeah it, it was like, it was it's very like cool. Offset, it was very cool. Jazzmaster Gretsch yeah. hybrid. It was one of the coolest guitars I've ever seen. It was very, very, very awesome. Yeah. They don't make it anymore. No. Well, maybe. Oh, could yeah. this be breaking news? We we uh, we'll have to find out. I see. So if I if I were to request such a thing from the Guitar Sanctuary, you guys are a coward dealer, aren't you? We are friends discussing potentially being more. Hey, friends with possible benefits. Possible benefits. Well, if you do get into that particular milieu, we oui. sorry, it's the French wine. Sure. Um, you know, clue us in. We'd like to know more. Yeah. yeah. Cower, uh, if you don't know him, K-A-U-E-R, is that correct? Yes. So, yeah, check out the Cower stuff Cower, if you haven't already. I love those guys. Awesome. And really, they do a gold foil pickup version, don't they? Uh, so that, the ones that we have on that, that Banshee that you played, is uh, it, it's called a Cower Bucker. 
But they, they do have a gold foil covering over them, but they are not a true traditional gold foil. So what do you think the current fascination with gold foil pickups is? Because at the time, gold foil pickups were roundly accused of sucking. You know, but I mean, that's a phrase that can be just reused a lot. I think. I think think that's true of a lot of pickups in their time. If they're if they're somewhat different than what is in need for the time period, uh, I don't know if that's true. A Charlie Christian, would you consider that a, a second rate pickup? It's a spectacular pickup. For one specific thing. I have heard people say, like, oh, it's really great for this sound. Well, like, so we were talking about the wide range porters earlier. Yeah. The wide range was kind of a failed, it didn't do what they wanted it to do. Uh, They're great, and they have a great sound, but people didn't appreciate them when they first were. But I think that has more to do with Fender not being a humbucker company than it has to do with the pickups and any perceived but I feel like had they designed a pickup that was pretty much PAF and put it in a Telecaster. Well, they couldn't because Seth, it was Seth Lover. He'd already designed the PAF. He couldn't do it again because of the P. Of the P. Which and I, <laughs> you know, I, I get that. The P had been AF'd. I, a- AF. <laughs> but the, the whole point was just that they tried to make a humbucker. Yeah, well, they did. Well, they yeah, they made a humbucker, I mean, they that, made was, a humbucker. that was not as popular as... So what do you hear is the difference between the Porter that you have and the actual original ones? The Porter's a little higher output than the traditional. Uh, tighter sounding than the original wide range in the low end. Porter pickups are tight. Tight. <laughs> Sick. They're real neat. And it's a little thicker sounding, possibly in the uh, upper mids. Than the originals, yeah. So you get you, you get the note separation, but you get a little more oomph with with this than I did with uh, so more satisfying, basically more yeah, satisfying, yeah, sounding, I like it more a lot. complete, not feeling like you're missing something. And that middle position, I mean, typically like uh, it could get a little hollow. The wide range on the original. pickups, like on the the seventy two uh, yeah. semi hollow or yeah. thin line telly, yeah, uh, a lot of guys really like that middle position with them together, yeah, uh, and the middle position with these two were just as satisfying hmm. but then you got more bigness from the pickups when they were by themselves too well they uh they had the poles kind of like a three and then a lower three three right? and they three kind of yeah split the three i wonder if that has anything to do with this, the bigness of sound probably if it's capturing a wider field or something i don't know like a wider range yeah maybe? <laughs> i see what you did there i tell you they uh i was really impressed because they were modeled on the on the fenders and the fenders never impressed me all that much. Mm-hmm. I was skeptical when you brought that thing over. Right. But I was not skeptical two seconds later when you plugged it in. My God. No. Nope. Yeah, the Porter. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised. Dear God, my two favorite guitars for recording are Porter pickups guitars. So. Right. Yeah. Those guys know their stuff, and they're cool to work with. Yeah, and Brian Porter's the nicest. I mean, man... Isn't it an awesome time to be like in the industry? Because everybody's cool. Well, everybody we we associate with yeah. is, right? You know, it's like that show that that all the people I mentioned, Andy Wood and, and Andy Timmons and all those guys, Mark Letary. Mark Letary was the yeah. other one I yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah. How can I forget Mark Letary? Oh my god, he's one of my favorite guys. All those guys, Josh Smith, all those guys. They're just amazing players. They're they're thoughtful, they're sensitive guys, they're they're nice people. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it is a great time. You're very right. 
It is. It's a great time for gear. It's a great time for amps. We've got a lot of choices. And uh, and the nice thing about the times now is that everything is is accepted. We're not so niched the way it yeah. used to be. You know, in the 70s, it was the 70s, and that was, you know, there was disco or there was rock. Right. In the 80s, there was new wave or there was rock. You know, in the 90s, there was alternative or there was heavy metal, mm-hmm. you know. In the 2000s, it started it's spreading kind of the out. same, it, but it but, got but more. It did get a little more broad. It, it got a little broader, and things got more accepted. The current crop of pop uh, artists out there do not seem to be um, um, musician centric. <laughs> I th- I think that it it's kind of coming back around because a lot of the a lot of the bigger pop artists are taking out full bands. And are and are definitely making sure that it's not just to tracks. That's the nice thing. I think we're coming around finally after yeah. about ten years of electronic devotion. Yeah, we're coming back around to hey, musicians and real people and that human thing. Right, especially in like hip hop. Looking at like you know when Jay Z's doing a live appearance or or did an album, like he was taking samples of real musicians and things for yeah. the for the beats and which is how it all started. Which is how it all started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really cool that that's kind of come around back around into popularity again. And that the producer as a musician phase that happened for a long time. Yeah. Um, or like, and, and it's just, it was a cool period. Yeah. But I'm glad that there's room for other things The the newness of that kind of idea and that concept in the music industry has kind of worn off a little bit and you have that still which is awesome. Like I, there's so many of my friends that do that and whether it's, you know, for getting big or just for fun that they can enjoy making music in that type of fashion without necessarily being able to play 30 different instruments that they want to use in a composition. Right. Like that, that part of it's really, really cool. But I, I also really like the fact that uh, bands that would potentially be using tracks or samples for things in a, in a MIDI controller are actually using real musicians on stage and, or in the studio. And You know, when you go to the NAMM show, which you didn't get to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He really wanted to go, folks. That's why I was just giving, kind of like sticking the knife in and twisting a little bit. He really wanted to go. And, and you know, he had to do his duty uh, at the store. Uh, and, you know, the musicians that bought during that time, which you said you were quite busy during mm-hmm. that time, appreciated you being there. But I wish you'd been in the show. But... I'll tell you, the nice thing about the, being at the NAMM show this year, it seemed especially, was while there are an incredible amount of electronic helps, mm-hmm. <laughs> one way or another, and additions and enhancements and all these things, you know, um, and the world has gotten more AI and the world has gotten more Bluetooth and all these things, the thing that stood out for me at the show was the players, you know, and that's, yeah. that's cool. Right. That's the, that it wasn't the gear. The gear was amazing and there was great gear and there was amazing manufacturers and everybody was very nice. And we've heard from some great manufacturers today that were some of the most uh, human ones <laughs> that we've had the, the pleasure to speak to. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the players are the things that stood out. The, the people that I saw playing, the demonstrators, the, the people at the concerts, the people at the shows... Man, oh man, they they bring it to life. They make you realize why you do this, why you care about the tone and the gear and and the thing that most of the audience doesn't care about, but you care about because it inspires you a certain way or makes you feel a certain way or is important to you. And I walked away feeling inspired to play better, 
and to concentrate on learning more about the playing, not about the gear. You know, I want right. to get better gear, but I want to learn about the playing. And uh, that was one of the best gifts that the NAMM show could give me. I tell you, I had a great moment where I was walking past. I was I was rushing off to an interview with somebody. It might have been Pascal, actually. And I just happened to be passing the Lee, Lee Oscar booth, mm-hmm. you know, the harmonica booth. Yeah. And Lee Oscar was actually there. Yeah. And he's playing harmonica, and he's playing, um, I think they were doing uh, something from war. I think it was uh, Lowrider or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, he's playing the harmonica part, and he's just getting down. It was just awesome, right? He's playing tracks, and there's a crowd gathering. And he's playing for about, I don't know, two or three minutes, and I see this guy, this cat walking by, and he stops and he looks at him, and it's Victor Wooten. Yeah. And he's, he turns, and and the booth behind or just across the aisle from that, which I guess he's got to deal with. So he plugs in there to the amp there mm-hmm. with his bass and they start jamming away, you know, and it's the most human moment. And now, you know, there's probably a hundred people gathered around all watching this. Right. I'll play a video later. It's amazing. But just, just see two guys playing a really simple song, mm-hmm. but just getting off on the playing. It's like, these are household names, relatively speaking in right. the music world. And they're just into it for the joy of playing. They're not getting paid to do it. They're not, you know, it's not going to generate sales to just sit there and play. Right. They're just enjoying it for themselves and for the crowd, you know. And it was it was like this pure moment of that's why we all do this. And it was, mm-hmm. once again, it was, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that it was one of the most basic, simple performances. You know, it wasn't Andy Wood just blazing up and down the fretboard, you know. It wasn't Billy Sheehan going crazy all over the neck. It was... You know, it was Victor Wooten who could, acting with restraint, you could tell they were from different worlds coming mm. together to play across an aisle, literally mm-hmm. across an aisle. It was a, it was a cool, poignant moment. Nice. And uh, it brought kind of the NAMM show full circle for me, so that was nice. Good. Is that, is that, uh, is that too mushy? No. We it's awesome. On, can we end on that? Yeah, I All think right. we should. It's a good way to end it. All right, so that's our NAMM debriefing for 2020. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed our coverage of NAM. I know a lot of people have done coverage of NAM. Hopefully you've enjoyed ours. Uh, we've tried to be uh, specific in our choices. And uh, as always at Gear and Gigs, we only talk about the, the gear and the companies that we really believe in and that we like. Yep. So for Trey Hawkins. Don't forget the fort. <laughs> I'm Jack <Jay> Stone. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Gear.